are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, that sucked. Welcome to Locked On Dolphins. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs. Dolphins falling in week 11, 22-13 to the Denver Broncos, dropping their record on the season to 6-10. and 10. Where does that leave the Dolphins? I'm glad you asked. That's what we're going to talk about today on the show. We'll talk about uh, the prognosis of this team moving forward, what we need to feel, what we should feel, what we should not feel. We'll get into all of those dynamics coming off of a surprising defeat. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi's here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. So the Dolphins lost to the Denver Broncos, and um, you have a right to be frustrated, and you have a right to be angry, and you have a right to be upset. And uh, this was the game that I know a lot of Dolphins fans had in their hearts that, hey, we get to prove we belong. This is an opportunity to, to really take the bull by the horns, beat another bad team, Pushed the record to 7-3 and and 6 consecutive wins. And none of that happened. And Dolphins fans probably got a little guilty this week of drinking the Kool-Aid about how good the team is. Um, I know I certainly reflect on how we perceived the Broncos. And we talked a long time about how they're missing their three best players. And... You know, three and six, and they're not very well coached. And Drew Locke turnover machine. Well, the the Broncos, what they did, they flipped the script and they they dolphinsed the Dolphins. Where you think about the Dolphins' pathway to victory this season, uh, maybe not to the degree in which the Broncos uh, simply punched the Dolphins in the face on both sides of the line of scrimmage, which is what happened. Uh, but they swarmed and overwhelmed, and the game script that they got into in which they proved they could control the pace of the game, they could dictate the line of scrimmage, they got up on top of the Dolphins early in the game, and Miami, you know, they, we were 13-10 at halftime, so it was still close. But I think about what this team did offensively and it didn't feel like the same offense that we've seen in recent weeks we talked about how this offense is evolving and kind of shifting and I really didn't see a lot of the same kinds of RPO concepts at least off the television copy and that doesn't mean they weren't necessarily there but I'm a little confused as far as what the Dolphins offensive game plan was for this week uh, because it didn't work at all, period. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa obviously pulled in this game late for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick nearly brings the team all the way back. But if you're looking for the affirmation of why Ryan Fitzpatrick is not the starting quarterback, yes, he got the offensive moving. He took him almost 99 yards to tie the game, but that freaking interception in the end zone, in which there's no 
change of decision-making once the ball is snapped. He sees Justin Simmons on the far hash. He knows Devontae Parker is running the skinny post, and he throws it anyway. There was never any indication that he was going to look. And if you want to know where the problems and the root core of the issue was for the Dolphins in this football game, 40% of Tua Tungavaloa's pass attempts were tight window throws. 40%. That's 12% more than the next highest rate in the NFL in Week 11. Tua Tungavaloa had nobody open. He held the ball for longer than what we wanted him to. He took six sacks as a result of that. He got banged up a little bit. Brian Flores says he was healthy, but the ball wasn't getting out quick. Nobody wins early in reps. We knew this was a limitation for this team. But now you get to see it. Now you know what it looks like when the Dolphins aren't putting opposing teams on their heels because they're playing with a lead and can dictate the flow of the game. So last week when we talked about the Dolphins as an organization this year have to walk the tightrope. They have to try to navigate having so many young contributors on the team. Two rookie starters on the offensive line. Starting rookie running back now with Savannah Med. Starting rookie quarterback. You've got a starting slot wide receiver on the offense. Half your offense is rookies. You can't get super exotic. You just can't. But what the Dolphins tried to do, it was almost like they took out so much of what made the offense flash and click at times throughout the course of the last two weeks against the Cardinals and the Chargers. And that was the frustrating bit. If the Broncos had the answers for the concepts that worked for the Dolphins, so be it. You tip your cap. And you still have to tip your cap to the Broncos because they played a focused game. They wanted it more than the Miami Dolphins. Their power runs on the edges claimed way too many victories. The Dolphins could not get off the blocks on the outside. And we put bulls on parade. And you certainly saw where the Dolphins missed Christian Wilkins this week. We get to hope he's healthy and back and ready to go next week against the Jets. When it comes to getting or staying in shape, nothing feels as good as that feeling of accomplishment, of hitting your fitness goals and feeling great about yourself. Echelon can help you get there. Echelon offers the next generation of connected bikes, mirrors, rowing machines, and their all-new Echelon Stride Smart Treadmill. No matter what your favorite fitness activity is, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of your own home. Their world-class instructors will motivate you on thousands of daily live and on-demand studio-level classes, always available when you need them, and unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable for everyone, and one membership lets up to five family members all work out at the same time. Right now, you can try any Echelon fitness equipment at home for 30 days. Go to echelonfit.com NFL to get started. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit. Dot com slash NFL to get started. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. 
I told everybody last night on the Twitter feed uh, that you won't be getting a Denver Broncos version of the Buffalo Bills podcast from week two. (laughs) That was uh, probably the most infamous podcast to date since I took over the show in February was week two after the loss to Buffalo to fall to 0-2. I don't feel it's merited at this point in time to be genuinely upset. And here's why. Right, Big picture view for the Miami Dolphins. Year two of a rebuild. They are 6-4. and four. They are still two games above 500. Your next two football games are against the winless New York Jets and the Cincinnati Bengals who just lost Joe Burrow for the season. This team should be pissed because they dropped the ball. They had a chance to put themselves in the driver's seat by running the table up until the Kansas City game. You could have been 9-3 and three going into that game. Now the best they can be is 8-4, and four. and they should be 8-4 and four because they should have renewed focus. Ren- they should be pissed, and sometimes it takes a loss to get your head straight. We should expect that from the Dolphins based on who we think they are as a football team now. You should not expect Miami to lose to either the Jets or the Cincinnati Bengals. 8-4 and four is a good place to be. In year two of a rebuild after you went 5-11 and 11 with all these rookies playing prominent roles for your team. This is still a young team. We're still way ahead of schedule, if we're being honest. And I think the thing that jumps out the most to me is if we looked at this team at 3-3 three and three, coming out of the bye with the change to Tua Tungvaloa and the Dolphins' schedule went Rams, Cardinals, Chargers, Broncos, Jets, Bengals. Did you expect the team to go 6-0 and in that stretch? That's an honest, genuine question. Were your expectations for the Miami Dolphins to finish the year at 13-3 and and to go 6-0 and over that six-game stretch? If they were, okay, then you can be angry to the degree in which I was angry with the Dolphins after the Buffalo Bills game. But if that's the case, also reality check and perception of the team should probably shift. If you expected the Dolphins, if you expected the Dolphins to get to 9-3, and three, we're talking about potentially going 5-1 and one between the bye and the final four-game stretch. Going from 1-3 and three to 8-4. and four. One and three to eight and four. If the Dolphins attack the next two weeks with the added focus and energy and level of pissed offness that they need and they should have based on what happened, are we going to be angry about that? I understand it it, it was a, a frustrating loss and it was there for the taking because the Dolphins, despite the fact that they got punched in the face and the Broncos ran the ball all over them, they showed some resiliency. They had two takeaways. That was the formula for the Dolphins. They're averaging giving 20 points per game. Offensively, the consistency is going to be a problem. It's going to be up. It's going to be down. But big picture view for this Miami Dolphins team. If they come out and they lay an egg next week against the Jets, yeah, we're going to be pissed. And we should be pissed. And the team will be more pissed than we are. You know, we all love the team. But nobody's probably more pissed right now 
than the guys in the locker room. Because what this loss has done is it has made it very complicated for the Dolphins' playoff picture. They are sitting at 6-4. and four. They went from the 6th seed to ninth in the AFC playoff picture, tied with the Las Vegas Raiders, who they play head-to-head yet, and also tied with the Baltimore Ravens, who are 6-10, and 10, who are going to Pittsburgh to play the Pittsburgh Steelers on Thanksgiving this week in three days. Baltimore is in legitimate trouble of falling to 6-5. and five. But their remaining schedule after that is not very difficult. Dallas, Cleveland, who they shellacked the first time they played, Jacksonville, the Giants, and the Bengals. Baltimore is probably at worst finishing with 10 wins. At worst, 10 and 6. So you look at the Raiders, also at 6 and 4. Their schedule over the course of the next f- 6 weeks, they're at Atlanta against the Falcons. They're against the New York Jets. They play the Indianapolis Colts, the Los Angeles Chargers, the Miami Dolphins, and the Denver Broncos. So if you are a Miami Dolphins fan, the Raiders are now public enemy number one. We also have an outside chance. Right now, 538 gives the Dolphins a 13% chance to win the AFC East. Buffalo Bills rated at 84%. Bills are in really good shape. The Dolphins entered Week 11 with approximately a 60% chance to make the playoffs. That number has dropped to 33%. If the Dolphins win their next two games and nothing else changes, no other games are decided. We don't pick any of the games over the course of the next two weeks, but we simply say, okay, let's leave the rest of the playoff picture where it is, and the Dolphins win their next two football games, move to 8-4. and four. 45%, still less than a 50% chance. It's tough. The Indianapolis Colts are another team to watch. Because the Colts, they play the Titans this week. They play the Raiders. And they also play the Pittsburgh Steelers. So the Colts have an opportunity to potentially finish with 10 wins as well. But the Colts right now have a 56% chance to win the AFC South, a 76% chance to make the playoffs. The Dolphins are the team right now on the outside looking in. Which means this Week 16 matchup with the Raiders may be more important for the Miami Dolphins than Week 17 against the Bills now. We've spent all this time and energy and, oh, let's climb to 7-3 and three and get tied with the Bills. Raiders are public enemy number one right now. Because if the Dolphins get to 8-4, and four, no matter what else happens, and we say they beat the Raiders, the playoff odds go from 45% to 75%. You're talking about a 30% swing if the Dolphins can get 9 wins by winning Bengals, Jets, and Raiders, they will have a 74% chance to make the playoffs. There are plenty of avenues for the Dolphins to explore for a potential postseason run. But the Raiders have become public enemy number one. Chiefs did us a favor last night 
by beating the Raiders within the last minute of the game. What's interesting about the Raiders is defensively, you know they're they're not very potent. But they are constructed to beat the Chiefs. They beat the Chiefs the first time they played in Week 5, and they damn near beat them again. But for Miami, let's take care of business. This, if you would have told me in Week 6... If you would have told me in week four, or in week two, when the Dolphins were 0-2, or in week four, when the Dolphins were 1-3, y'all are going to be 8-4. We would all take it, regardless of what bump in the road we hit the rest of the way. So let's remember that. Not every game that the Dolphins play is going to look like what Tua looked like against the Arizona Cardinals. Not every game that the Dolphins play is going to look like what Tua looked like against the Denver Broncos. Big picture, this team still has a lot of issues that they are finding ways to win in spite of, and that is an inspired coaching effort. But we knew, we knew the Dolphins don't have the receivers to win early. And when teams swarm, to the degree in which Denver swarmed the passing offense. And the offensive line looks like they've never seen a twist before in their lives. And Tua's first read is not open. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? The good news is we play the Jets next. The Jets are going to blitz you like crazy. Spread the field. Find your hots. Be ready. Get the ball out of your hand quick. The point of emphasis for two of the point of emphasis with the game plan for this upcoming week needs to get back to ball out of your hand fast. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. So whether you're looking for a healthy snack, a breakfast on the go, something post-workout, or just like delicious things, Built Bar can fill the void for you. And best of all, Built Bar doesn't just taste good. It blows the nutritional facts of your typical protein bar out of the water. It's got 200 calories per bar or less, up to 20 grams of protein per bar, 18 delicious flavors to choose from, and one-seventh the grams of carbs and sugar of your typical protein bar. So if you're looking for a change-up in your diet, Visit BuiltBar.com, use promo code Locked On, and you can save 20% off your f- next order of Built Bar. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code Locked On, to save 20% and find out what all the fuss is about for yourself. One of the interesting criticisms that I saw last night was, was that the Dolphins open up the playbook for Ryan Fitzpatrick. No, I don't necessarily think that's the case. Tua Tagovailoa threw the ball 20 times in this football game. Ryan Fitzpatrick threw it 18. Both attempted four passes beyond 10 yards down the field in the entirety of the, of the game. Tua was 0 for 4. Ryan Fitzpatrick was 2 for 4, and one of his incompletions was the game-clinching interception for the Broncos. Fitzpatrick sees the field better against complex defenses in the pre-snap. So his anticipation to throw the corner route to Mike Gusecki. Mike Gusecki has always run that route, but you know what? Against the zone coverage that Mike caught that ball from from Ryan Fitzpatrick, 
Tua probably doesn't throw that ball. He's just not seeing the field to that degree at this point in time. His window throws are far more confident over the middle of the field than what they are trying to loft the ball over whether he was a third defender or a quarter defender or whatever he was that Fitzpatrick laid that ball up over. Because technically speaking, I don't know if I would have classified Mike as open. The difference that you saw between, quote-unquote, opening up the playbook for Ryan Fitzpatrick and what the Dolphins schematically did with Tua Tagovailoa, I don't think is a matter of putting the handcuffs on Tua so much as it is Fitzpatrick has mastered this offense. Tua is not there yet. Dolphins wanting to play as fast as possible to try to climb back into the game. They felt what they had at their disposal was limited. And so they had to bring Ryan Fitzpatrick in to get the ball out of his hands quick. But it's not like they suddenly started calling deep shots. Their attempts throughout the game were separated by two. Two at 20, Fitzpatrick 18. They both had the same amount of pass attempts that travel beyond 10 yards down the, the field. So I don't necessarily think there's a lot of weight to Chan calls a different game when two is in. I know it felt that way. But the sense of urgency was also up. They had to push the ball. And Fitzpatrick took a lot of underneath stuff because the Broncos were playing don't get beat over the top. So where do where do we sit with the Dolphins at this point in time? Where uh what are we looking at for this team? Uh ninth in the AFC standings, tied for the last wild card spot. On the outside looking in as things currently stand. Ravens looking at probably 10-6 and six finish unless they drop some games they have no business losing. The Raiders, Atlanta could give them some trouble. The Miami game is going to be a big one. That may be the Dolphins' most impactful game the rest of the way from a head-to-head playoff seeding perspective, supplanting that of Buffalo. Remember, the Raiders also play the Colts. So... The Colts are a team to watch at 7-3. and three. They play the Titans. They play the Raiders. They play the Steelers. They're another team that could threaten to drop to six wins or to six losses as well. Miami's still plenty in the thick of it. Miami should take care of business the next two weeks because they have a right to be pissed. Just like the Seattle game. And we saw how this team responded the last time they had a right to be pissed. They came out swinging, and they put 40 on the 49ers, and then they shut out the Jets. You got the Jets and Bengals the next two weeks. Miami, let's take care of business. Let's move to 8-3, and three, going into the final four games of the season, and we'll go from there. From a NFL draft perspective, the Dolphins currently own the eighth pick, courtesy of the Texans, who beat the Patriots to drop the Patriots to 4-6. and six. You thought the Dolphins had a bad week? Think about being a Patriots fan this week. Patriots playoff game, playoff lives on the line against a two-win football team. Patriots coming in, they escape the New York Jets. They beat the Baltimore Ravens just to lose to Houston. 
to drop you to six losses. Put their playoff hopes on life support. If you thought it was bad to be the to be the Dolphins, the Patriots had a worse Week 11 than Miami did. Period. Miami currently picking 17th with their own pick. Kyle Krabs, locked on Dolphins. Yesterday sucked. No bones about it. But if you expected Miami to go 6-0 and over this six-game stretch, we said at the very beginning, when they made the change, hey, let's go 1-1 one one between the Cardinals and the Rams, and let's go 3-1 and one over the next four games. And we're playing with house money because Miami won the first three of them. They took a loss here. Eight and four should be what is on our minds. But more importantly, seven and four needs to be on the forefront of everybody's minds in the building, in the locker room, and us as a fan base. That's where your head should be. That's the perspective we keep. Brian Flores preaches one day, one week at a time. The Dolphins need to get back on the horse. And we're on to New York. That's it. I'm going to leave this game alone. You guys have questions for Power to the Pod tomorrow. That's fine. Uh, But we're on to the New York Jets as far as Locked On Dolphins is concerned because the Dolphins, they're going to study up today and then they're going to leave behind them too. Remember the feeling. Let's avoid it this week. Kyle Krabs, Locked On Dolphins. Thanks as always for listening. Keep it locked in. Hope to talk with you all again tomorrow.